All right. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions. I am your host, as always, Corey. Joining me is the other host of Tap Calf Transmissions, the Anakin to my Obi-Wan. We have Justin Eckhart's ladder. How are you doing? Finally acknowledging that I've got better hair and that you are a, a voluntary celibate. I love it. I wasn't I wasn't sure how you'd feel about the uh, about the role assignment there, but are you serious? I mean, have you seen those abs in episode three when he stands up? Oof. Are you thinking about Kylo when he takes his shirt off, or did that just get in, inherited down through? Controversial take. Maybe Anakin's more ripped than Kylo. He's at least more shredded. Look, I can I can easily see Adam Driver as Hayden Christensen's grandson. Like that. Oh, yeah, that's an sure. underreported fact, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, especially if they mingle in with some dark hair jeans, like they did. Yeah. So. Uh, so there we go. That is the the opening of our episode on a little book called Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen. We're going to be talking about all of that today. Before we get into that, though, any Star Wars news come up that you want to cover? We're a week mm. out from Obi-Wan. We're a week out from Star Wars Celebration. So I'm sure <coughs> next week uh, we are going to be talking about Obi-Wan as well as any of the initial news coming up from there. But yeah, I mean, there, the biggest thing was probably the Vanity Fair article that came out, right. um, which I guess it wasn't didn't have a whole lot of news. I guess the biggest thing um, would be release order. Well, also we know, the, uh, the John Watts, I guess, TV show, was it? Uh, that Grammar Rodeo. Is that the... Yeah, so... Yeah, so we'd heard about that a little bit. The rumor was that it was going to come out during the High Republic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now we know, in fact, that it will be coming out in the post-Endor era. They describe it like Spielbergian in that mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's going to be kind of an adventure film, probably or adventure series, kind of coming of age with young actors. Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate because it comes later on in an article that spent some time talking about how shitty fans are to young actors in particular. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess the other thing from that was uh, the implication that uh, Solo. One of the takeaways from making Solo was that recasting Han was a thing that they shouldn't have done mm -hmm. uh, which I, th I think that's the wrong <laughs> lesson to take from Solo but I you see I don't actually think that's what Kathleen Kennedy is trying to say there okay um, because I, I think that was a bit of poor editorial work I read the original though and it like I don't see how it could mean anything else like, okay, I don't think it, I don't think it was a shot at Alden specifically like a lot of people seem to be portraying it as just that it's but that's not, not her quote though but what I'm saying is that's not her quote. Her quote is unless there, unless there's hold on I'm, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Um, so here I'm gonna read the entire um, I'm going to read the entire paragraph to you and I'll make it clear which part is her quote and which part is right. uh, Anthony Bresnikin's Bresnikin. Anyway, did you read the, the original? Like they released the actual full text. Oh, okay. Well, no, I didn't release the full text then. I I so. agree that taking it like just from the original article, it could mean a few more things, especially because mm -hmm. uh, like E. K. Johnston said that some experience with the person writing the article had resulted in certain things being misconstrued in the past. Yeah, uh, he's but, kind of known. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the the actual full text of the interviews were was released. And okay, the way Kathy was talking about it was, uh, like, she remembers being there for, like, uh, early days of, like, Indiana Jones and everything, and then being on set with Harrison mm -hmm. as Indiana Jones more recently. 
uh, where it's like this is this is who Indy is, <clears throat> and so you can't really recapture that feeling. And that was more how it was phrased. So like there was a lot going around. Like, oh, she's saying Alden sucks. It's like no, I don't think that's I don't think that's a reasonable read on what she said. But I do think that what she was saying was the idea that they could go back and tell stories in that time period with new mm-hmm. actors wasn't something they would be leaning on. And I, I think there's like there's yeah. more to it to that than recasting, but they've had a yes. lot of like going back in time and recasting that's been successful. Mm-hmm. And like the Lando show is kind of the same thing where they're doing that. Uh, and I'm just kind of wondering now, is that one of the projects that's going to be kind of shelved? Yeah, that one that one's definitely feels like it's one that could be shelved. Um, yeah, okay, that's a that's a great bit of insight then. I didn't know that they had actually released the whole kind of script there. Um, uh, for me, the, the issue isn't... Like, I don't think... For one, I'm really glad they didn't go with that impersonator that everyone wanted them to go with. I think yeah. that would have been awful. I, I think Al- Alden was pretty much as good as you could get I, I i don't think the issue is actually replacing the actor i think the issue is more that it's going to be tough to find a compelling movie or to sell a compelling movie all yeah. about one character's backstory which is why i think some of these things have now been shuffled off the tv shows like i think they kind of realized the same thing about boba fett whereas it's difficult to make okay we're going to learn more about boba fett a compelling sell for a, a movie but for a TV show, I think it makes more sense. And probably the same with Kenobi as well. Yeah, like if it had been framed more that way, like I'd agree with that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like I I do really enjoy Solo, but it's, it is it is a movie where it's like, okay, did this need to be made this way? And I think that played into how it performed a lot more than necessarily mm-hmm. uh, because of any specific issues with like Alden or anything else like that. So I would just be more concerned that uh, in stories where it does make sense to have these characters, that they're going to be a lot more limited in what they do, or uh, that mm-hmm. the only way we're going to see any of them is if we have more like de-aged Mark Hamill and stock footage of Carrie Fisher or something. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think the problem with Solo, like for me, it was a perfect storm of bad. Like, I, I, I think everything about the movie, I, like I think the movie's got a lot of heart and I think it's fun, but I don't think it can be explained as a marketing failure like some people describe it as. Like, Disney marketed the movie like they just did. Yeah. People knew about the movie. Um, I, I think the like for one, the story itself isn't super compelling. There's a fun cast, there's fun characters, but like, it's just not a very exciting, especially compared with something like Rogue One or the, compared with a main yeah. Star Wars movie. Um, I think the film is the way it's filmed it makes it just feel very boring and muddy, and I think that really detracts from what should have been a vibrant adventure. Um, so like, yeah, I I, I think. I think there's a lot that went into Solo not doing well, and to say it's just, you know, the fact that it was Han Solo or Alden is a little too simple. Yeah, and I don't think that was necessarily what it was getting entirely reduced to, just that there was that element mm-hmm. of that being a takeaway from it. Yes. I, I do disagree that that is what they should Agreed. have taken from it, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm also not someone who was, like, super big on the whole uh, 
hashtag make solo two happen thing because like no i think it's like mediocre. saying we need a movie about darth vader like oh we need a dedicated exactly. darth vader we had that's what they're Six <laughs> they all are yeah and like the follow-up to what han is doing in solo is like you basically get to episode four like maybe there's another mm. couple of smuggling there's books and there, comics like or happens. maybe a tv show yeah i totally agree i think like Listen, I, like I don't want to. I'm a little bit happy that Solo didn't do so super well because I feel like it's a pretty mediocre movie, um, and I don't want Star. And this is gonna be a shot at Marvel. I feel like Marvel is happy to put out a bunch of those movies because they've gotten the formula down so well. Not saying that there aren't good Marvel movies as well. I haven't seen the new Doctor Strange movie yet, but it seems cool. Um, but for me, a lot of Marvel movies feel kind of mediocre, and I think Star Wars was at risk for going down that path with a potential solo movie, a potential book, uh, Boba Fett movie, potential whatever else. So yeah, I don't want a solo two movie. I don't think, I don't want them to squeeze blood out of a stone. Like, if you want to include young Solo in TV shows in certain ways, I'd be cool with that. But. Yeah, I don't want there to be a movie for everything. One of the things that was kind of encouraging between Rogue One and Solo, and that's kind of moved into the new shows as well, uh, they might have moved away from it now with how much everything is kind of going to be tying into the Mandalorian style, was that it did seem like there was going to be more of an emphasis on using the universe as a backdrop to tell these different types of stories, where like Bad Batch is very different from uh, what you'd get in the Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett. And while there are that grouping of like Mando, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka that do seem to be a lot more tied together, a lot more in that style. We do have the Bad Batch. It seems like Acolyte is going to be its own kind of genre-specific thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I I enjoy Marvel movies, but they are a lot of like very tonally similar. They're sitting, mm-hmm. sticking a lot to uh, the same stuff. And some of them some of them have broken from that mold again. And, and yeah, for sure. And I think those are the ones people like. suck, but... Yeah, uh, but like people talk about the Thor movie so positively, the 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 most the recent one. one. Yeah, yeah, because it did that. Whereas like a movie like I, I think Iron Man two is one that people don't like, and it's yeah. partially because it like it just feels like this is something they had to do so they could you know eventually tell another story. Yeah. And I don't want Star Wars to be like that. And if it is going to be like that, I'd rather it be in TV form. So yeah. there there is a double edged sword to that where. Uh, doing too many different types of things people will inevitably not like some subset of them because it's not a a style that particularly fits maybe what their vision is for star wars or what Mm -hmm. they're interested in uh so i I think the the biggest thing for people is would just be to not uh not take that too much to heart if like if not everything speaks to you Mm because i'd really hate for them to just say like every star wars movie every star wars show every star wars book has to fit this mold and that's one of the things that uh they almost ran into a bit too much with uh with some of the later phases of the expanded universe and some of the books where it's like it's very much this one kind of thing that either you like or you don't mm-hmm. and it ends up with a lot of troy denning mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i agree with that um totally agree uh so yeah that that was kind of one big takeaway from that article uh, call it a takeaway or not. Um, they did also mention about... I don't remember if this was from Dave or something else in the article about how there is a vision of kind of what we knew, there being a big event behind the 
Soka show and the other kind of shows in that era. So that's interesting, not surprising. Um, and I guess the other big thing for me was how far behind it feels like they are on movies. Yeah. Um, the the next movie will be the Taika movie. Um, it doesn't seem like that's anywhere close to like even starting pre-production other than maybe a bit of writing. Um, mm-hmm. Rogue Squadron is getting a rewrite. Uh, that seems to be pretty far off. And the Ryan Johnson movies are in... They're in purgatory. I, yeah. Those are the movies where I, you know what, I I wouldn't be surprised if if they hap- if they never happen, um, and not because of Lucasfilm not wanting Ryan Johnson. Although maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like so he he might have had such a bad experience with Star Wars and like certain aspects of the fan base that like he just signed that huge deal with Marvel. Maybe he just does. Maybe he makes movies. Or sorry, with Netflix. Yeah, sorry, with Netflix. Maybe he makes movies with them instead. Yeah, I can see. I can see that going either way. I feel like part of what they're doing with movies is that they have a lot of options lined up as like mm-hmm. potential things now. Because they did seem to start off like 2019 to 2020, thinking like, okay, we're we've got all these movies planned, and that's going to be how we go. Uh, well, mm-hmm. actually, even before then, because yep, this, God, COVID really mm-hmm. squeezes time. But uh, but yeah, like the they did move to TV shows over that and who knows they, I, I don't, they want to like cut off their options for the TV show or for the movies they had planned, but it does seem like that's not a focus. So. Just they're so, they're so wildly successful, like with Disney plus, it seems. Um, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it makes sense. And it also seems like they want somebody who they can lock down and have star Wars be their thing. Um, so maybe that's not Ryan Johnson. Like maybe he's got too much else going on to really want to, you know, dedicate more of his life to Star Wars, especially where it's not like, you know, one of the saga films. It's you know, Ryan Johnson Star Wars or whatever else. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know about that because it seems like with uh, with everything they've been doing with Star Wars, especially they do want a pretty wide variety of directors who are pretty notable for other things mm-hmm. and who do have other things going on. Mm-hmm. Like some of it is crossover with Marvel with, uh, with Taika, but like Taika's also got his own other stuff going on. So. Yeah. 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 I, I think the know. biggest thing with Ryan Johnson's thing is that it was going to be a trilogy and mm-hmm. now trilogies seem to be what they're really going away from. So yeah. who knows? And that really also impacts his ability to do other things. Like, especially yeah. if, if they want to kind of avoid the... Because the article also kind of mentions... I don't know if the full article does, but Anthony talks about kind of the obvious lack of cohesion with the sequel trilogy, which is not an argument anyone here is probably unfamiliar with. So if that's something they want to avoid with a new trilogy, maybe they want someone kind of signed on working on these projects kind of so they don't get the James Cameron avatar thing. Um, so, and like, if, if, if you're a director who wants to do other works, you know, that's not going to be as easy for a while. So, yeah, but we'll see what happens. It'll definitely be at least a few years before we see anything else out of movies. Uh, and mm-hmm. apparently we'll, it'll, it'll probably be like video games for a while where we have a bunch of announced, but yeah. don't end up yeah. hearing about them for a while. We are apparently mm-hmm. going to be hearing about the KOTOR remake in the next couple mm. of months we're gonna get yeah. some more information on that which i think everyone was assuming but they have said now over the next couple of months there will be stuff coming out i i wasn't assuming that i it felt like it was further away further away than it actually is um 
I mean, I, I guess I have no idea where in development the game is. I thought that they'd be like a year or two away from showing off anything, but I guess they've been working on it for a while. I don't know. They had like a quarterly report from the company that owns the company that's making the mm-hmm. the game. So Aspire is owned by another company who is owned by uh, this company that was doing their quarterly report. And I think that's where I saw that they were, uh, where they announced they were going to be showing more information from that. It was weird because mm-hmm. the article was trying to present it as like, there was this news now that uh, this other company was going to be stepping in to help out Aspire with it. But the company that was allegedly doing that was the company that owns Aspire anyways. So mm-hmm. it was like the most non-news, we need to get through an article quota for the day thing yeah. for the site. Yeah. But it, it did have at least some... So they're just moving some there. bodies around. Well, I don't think anything actually changed. It's just like they decided to make an announcement. Like this, uh, this website decided to turn the fact that uh, the mm-hmm. company that owns Aspire was going to be more involved in the production or was going to be involved in the production, which like, I, I think that's just something you'd probably assume anyways, mm-hmm. or would have been available information a while ago. It wasn't like yeah. something actually changed in production, just that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but anyways, so I'm looking forward to that. You want to get into, uh, into brotherhood. We're going to have a lot more to talk about next week with celebration starting. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah. Let's Let's get into brotherhood. Um, so this released what a couple of weeks ago. Um, yep. We both got hard. Co- oh, by the way, did you get your your uh, your advanced copy for um, what's it called again? The, the uh, other one, the yeah. Lando and Luke one. Yeah, I got the uh, just the, the digital version. One. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. that's coming yeah. out end of next month, I think. So we'll probably try to work that one in because I know you were really mm. looking forward to that one. Yeah, I did, I did my control offs of it already, so um, yeah, it, sh- it should be good. I can't say anything else, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brotherhood. Uh, we've got my, by Mike Chen. I don't has he written a Star Wars novel before? I don't think so. No. The no. Cer- certainly the, the the little author's blurbs make it seem like it was kind of a big thing for him, and he was super yeah. excited to write Star Wars, which is nice. And it kind of makes me a bit disappointed to say that I didn't love this book okay. as much as I as much as I thought I would. Um, there are parts that I really like. I like the acting or it's the acting. I like the writing <laughs> of the uh, the characters. I like the acting as I read it in my head. Um, no, I, I like the writing for the characters. It was a lifetime performance for Hayden Christensen somehow. He <laughs> yeah. really nailed it. Um, uh, yeah, I like the characters. I like, you know, the interactions. But I just thought a lot of the plot was so dumb. And, like, I, th- I felt like a lot of what Obi-Wan was doing especially just made very little sense. Um, and I, I, to me, this book definitely felt like it was meant to be... I post on Twitter about how it's like a 300-page long allegory for 9/11. I do kind of feel like that in a way, um, and like extremism and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, the, well, I'm sure we'll get into it. What are your kind of opening remarks, though? I actually thought it was really good. Uh, the the plot elements I was less interested in, and like the actual stuff happening was less interesting to me than mm-hmm. the examination of the characters, which I thought was the the strongest element of the yeah. Joke, that part was great. Because uh, something that was a big influence for for him that I think really comes across in this book is Revenge of the Sith. Uh, yeah, the Revenge of the Sith novelization, which mm-hmm. he mentions in the acknowledgments of when he was pitching the book. Uh, oh, I didn't was, see that. Like when he pitched the book, this whole Sun Dragon thing was coming from the episode three novelization and how Matthew Stover was treating the characters there. So mm-hmm. this feels like a really good extension of that or an earlier yeah. version of that. And it I, does. I just I like the. I, I, w- I was expecting more of like 
I think I even mentioned this on last week's episode when I was less familiar with the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was expecting it to be more of a going through the apprenticeship of Anakin up until the start of the Clone Wars, rather than being a story of like right at the start of the Clone Wars, right after episode two, within a couple months. Mm-hmm. So the Clone Wars are on. They've been going for a while, and this is kind of one of the first major assignments of Anakin separate from Obi-Wan and just examining how yeah. their relationship has evolved. Uh, yeah. So it's basically all of that business on Cato Neomoidia. We finally mm-hmm. find out what that is. Uh, but yeah, that's the point. Yeah, I, I agree. It did feel like kind of a prequel to the Revenge of the Sith novel in a really good way. Um, I liked that. What I didn't like... And yeah, the character stuff was great. I just thought that the way Obi-Wan was written didn't make sense. And maybe that's kind of a reflection of the fact that, like, he is supposed to be a little bit mixed up in all the Jedi are at this point, um, where, like, Obi-Wan is, you know, he's a representative. He, like, he, he treats kind of the, the whole Clone Wars as Republic versus CIS way too much, especially at this stage, I feel like. Where, like, the main priority should be stopping the war. Like, at the... We'll do a brief plot summary because this is a bit of a newer book later. But at the very end, he's kind of on trial um, for his role in in covering up or being involved in a bombing. And his big thing is, like, you all need to join the Republic. And, and, and like, help show the CIS this is not the way forward. And to me, that's just, like, so weird when it shouldn't be about that. It should be about, like, brokering peace. Um, and, and again, maybe that's sort of the point of showing that the Jedi have lost their way. Um, but there's kind of a lot of that in this book. Um, and I got more to talk about in a, in a minute, but I don't want to go on for five minutes without letting you get a word in. So maybe we should do the, like, a, a better summary first of okay. what goes on. So basically, again, it's it's right after episode two. Anakin and Obi-Wan, or Anakin has become a Jedi Knight now. He's, like, very recently a Jedi Knight. I think we see the part of the ceremony here. Mm-hmm. And so there is reports of a bombing on Cato Neomoidia, where one of the, like, bridge cities has been partially collapsed by a bomb. And Cato Neomoidia is part of the Trade Federation, which is technically neutral, although Newt Gunray, Gunray, not Gunray, is, mm-hmm. uh, is still leading the... Uh, like extremist wing that has fully and openly sided with Count Dooku. Uh, so Obi-Wan is offering to go to Cato Neomoidia to be part of the investigation, be the Republic presence. Uh, there's already going to be a CIS presence there and try to get to the bottom of what exactly has happened. So he goes, there's evidence that kind of points to uh, to the bombing being someone in the Republic being responsible for it, someone in the CIS being responsible for it. And from there, he's working with a uh, a local Neomoidian guard, and they're trying to kind of get mm-hmm. the truth out of like, oh, maybe we can use this as an opportunity to draw everyone closer together and show that uh, both ends are being kind of played against the middle by someone here. Maybe that can be used to broker a lasting peace. So he gets arrested after not pushing or not hold, handing over information right away that he had found that could have implicated the Republic. He was trying to uh, validate it first. And then the rest of it is just kind of an escape uh, from Cato Neomoidia for Anakin and Obi-Wan. Because mm-hmm. Anakin hears about Shows it. Up, yeah. He goes He's in with to help Obi-Wan. 
he had sent Obi-Wan with a secret communicator, which is part of what screws over Obi-Wan in the first place, uh, just in case eh, Obi-Wan needed a call for help. Anakin comes in, they do their their whole fighting their way out thing, and yep. roll credits. And they face up against the Saj Ventures for the first time as well. Yes. In this. Um, but yeah, and if you guys are wondering, Kato Nemoidia, um you see it a bit in the Clone Wars, but it's also the planet where uh, Plo Koon is, is killed in Order 66. Yes. Um, so, like, you can imagine one of those, uh, they're flying around those kind of bridge structures. You can imagine one of those falling. Um, pretty, I, 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 it's a pretty interesting location. I, I like that a lot. We visit some different parts of the city. Uh, like, a lot of it's quite opulent, but we also visit some of the kind of seedier di- uh, districts. Like, Asajj has, um, she, like, has a residence in, like, a... <laughs> basically uh like like a den somewhere mm-hmm. um but I, I guess one of my big problems with this novel is yeah so obi-wan is dispatched as the because he, he they really play up his ah uh, the negotiator role in this book which i liked but it just he had a a really frustrating kind of no one in the galaxy will understand what i'm trying to do but me so he finds this um for one he goes in and he's not allowed any contact with the republic whatsoever somewhat because of Count Dooku, but I mean, that alone is just a little bit ridiculous where he's going to um, try to evaluate, you know, try to evaluate um, the bombing to see, you know, whether it was the Republic. He he never even assumes that it can be or whether it was something else. And like Corey mentioned, he finds this evidence and never once does he think that the Cato Nemoidians could recognize that... There's evidence of this, but, like, it may not be all that it appears. He keeps it all secret. Um, he doesn't talk to anyone. And I just found that whole thing really frustrating and, like, I, I guess a little bit contrived for me. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, he gets enough of a... I, I don't see it as super far from what something Obi-Wan would do. Because it, it's not like Obi-Wan was, like, Anakin levels of thinking the Republic can do no wrong. But mm-hmm. Obi-Wan has always, like, clearly believed in yes. the whole connection between the Jedi and the Republic. And, like, he he's yelling that at burning Anakin down in Mustafar later, mm-hmm. that his loyalty is to the Republic rather than just to being the Jedi Order as this independent yeah, entity. I, I think that part's fine. My issue is more, like, Obi-Wan is 100% in the wrong with what he does here. He basically yeah. steals evidence and covers it up. And... That's wrong. Like, yeah. I, it's and I, I guess the book doesn't really address that. It's more like Obi Wan being kind of sly and like the it it really gives him like it spends the whole book talking about how trying to like Anakin's got all these prejudices against the Nemoidian people, um, and Obi Wan kind of tries to dissuade him from that, and then he kind of plays into that himself by not even well, trusting them. I with, think the book makes evidence. a point out of that though, like. That's what the whole end sequence is meant to be of the trial, where Obi-Wan realizes, like, he might not be as overt as Anakin in what he's thinking, but he's kind of still playing into the same attitudes, and he was ultimately wrong mm. in what he tried to do. Because, like, uh, the the other guard confronts mm-hmm. him about that and says, hey, if you had told me, you would not be in this situation right now, yeah, because I would have known what to do, I could have helped you with that. And that's why I told you I had a lead, but now you've kind of fucked us all over. 
I guess it's frustrating. I guess what I found frustrating then is the fact that the whole book is basically written around that premise and the the payoff comes kind of in one sequence. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess... I guess it could have been handled with more nuance. And it just, yeah. for me, doesn't really make for a very interesting plot as well, which I think is maybe the worst um, problem. Like, Fair enough. the only evidence that we... Like, the evidence of it being Republic or CIS bombing is the fact that um, the the bombing techniques are basically the same as either the clone troopers use or the battle droids use, which, fair enough, but, I mean, like, I, I would have liked to see kind of a more, you know, look at how people are, like, actually reacting to the fact that this could be the Republic that bombed people, like... Yeah. Or, like, this could be the CIS. Like, there must be all these prejudices on Cato Nemoidia, especially where they have the, the ties with the Trade Federation... Um, which themselves are still supposed to be somewhat independent. I just think they could have done a lot more um, kind of interesting work with that than just saying, okay, you know, people get really angry and throw a sham trial and Obi-Wan is declared guilty within two seconds, you know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't really a sham trial. He did those things. Like, you were, yeah. it's what you were no, already right. saying, that he was, right. he had done these things and he was responsible for it. And then mm-hmm. that's ultimately what the trial is about, yeah. where it kind of goes wrong is the way that like a lot of Star Wars ends up being too simplified where like ultimately mm-hmm. because Qatar tries to shoot him like mm-hmm. it just turns into oh well they're the bad guys at the end of the day He's yeah, the yeah exactly with the size of interest so that gets yeah. kind of simplified out the window I, I, I think that explains really well kind of my issues like yeah there's no like Obi-Wan should not get a get out of jail free card like Obi-Wan should not be allowed to step foot on Kato Nomodia it's like on my bachelor party, my buddy Mike took a, a beer pitcher out of the bar we were at, and we started drinking in the street. Mike, Mike's now banned from that bar. Like that should be Obi Wan on Cato <laughs> Nemoidia from this point. Like, there's no excuse for what he did, and he interfered with a mass casualty um, investigation um, to protect the Republic. Um, yeah, and like. He and every, everyone's damage, response but... later, I was expecting like some kind of dressing down of both him and Anakin by the council, and like, want to keep the job? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that was kind of sick. <laughs> oh, the negotiator. It's like you got really low standards. Like, <laughs> Coleman Trabor must have been awful. One thing that like some of the earlier books had that kind of got repeated here that I've always been uh, less on board with was the whole uh, Mace and Yoda being like so pro palpatine for so long mm-hmm. where yeah like this is there's like a three week period where their opinion ends up changing where i don't expect them to think like from the start like oh he's uh he's a sith lord or something but they it, it the way it ends up getting played in certain places is that they're cordial with him but they don't trust how much he's bringing power to himself mm. but then there's elements of like the episode three novelization and here and some other books where it's yeah. like yoda and mace think that palpatine's their best friend and obi-wan's the only one in here that's thinking like hey maybe him putting the jedi in the army is not actually that epic and what he's doing is not that trustworthy and then yeah Anakin maybe we shouldn't be joking about body armor <laughs> yeah 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 you're right I, and i will say I liked. I, I hadn't read the uh, the bit about it t- it being kind of a t- pitch, almost tied in with the episode three novel. But it makes a lot of sense because you do get the the dragon um, simile, I guess, which is very similar 
to in episode three or the episode three novel but i also thought the palpatine scene itself was also very very good yeah um where i was like man i know what palpatine's doing and like i almost kind of trust him a bit here yeah (laughs) like i i want to hang out with him um palpatine is probably my my favorite handled character overall in yeah i thought he was really he was really great i I wish there had been more it makes sense why there's not i suppose um Palpatine was was good. I I was a little. I didn't feel like Ventress added a whole lot. I guess no. um, there she were could a have lot been of someone like, new. Yeah, there were a lot of cool tie-ins to other stuff, and I think Ventress was kind of meant to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was one where it, it could have worked just as well being someone else. But yeah, I liked the they they, they referenced that uh, 2003 Clone Wars scene on Dantooine with Mace Windu, which was cool, yeah. where he he destroys those big like pounders. I did a, um, a clip on that, and it's it's uh, it seems to be going places. So, oh nice, didn't see that, but yeah. So that was that. There, there were lots of little references, and like I was catching a bunch, and then uh, there was also like times where like I, I knew that was a reference to something, I just couldn't remember what it was, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of nice in a way. Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff from like Kotor with a Circa Corporation still mm. being around. The dynamic class freighter is what the Ebon Hawk is. So oh, the okay. thing that Anakin is. Uh, flying towards the end. Oh, I didn't no realize thing. that. Yeah, that's uh, that's an old Evan Hawk style ship. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what did you think about uh, about how Anakin was uh, explored here? Anakin was okay. I, I But Anakin and Padme, like, Star Wars writers need to learn how to write mature relationships. Because Anakin and Padme are pretty much always written like infatuated high school loves in their first week of dating like there's but no that's like, kind of what they were like they they weren't a mature relationship or else anakin would have yeah would not have slaughtered a room full of children to i suppose but like i'd still i still like to like i think that anakin should be immature and yeah. like the arc from uh the clone wars with um space papa john what's his name i, I forgot i forgot his name last week too um space papa john Dex? Yeah, no. Um, the separatist, uh, the one who oh, she had Rush a relationship. Clovis? Yeah, look up Rush Clovis. Look up Papa John right now before we continue. Okay. Like I, I, I do agree with you in general, though. Like it, it, I think it makes a lot of sense for Anakin to act the way he does. I feel like Padme gets kind of pulled into it a, li- a bit more. And okay, there's, there's if you Rush look up Clovis. if you look up Rush Clovis Papa John, someone on Reddit posted a screenshot of one of my old tweets. Okay. Now that's just flexing. But, um... Yeah, I, like... For one, they can have depth... It's not just the way they talk and the way Anakin feels about her, <laughs> which there is still, obviously, a degree of infatuation. That's that's fine. But it's like, their big dates are, like, going out and she puts a flower on his head. Or, like... Yeah. Which, like, a, a, a real relationship is a lot more than just exciting dates and you know giving each other trinkets you know what i mean um and like there's no (sighs) but padme was like in a full place of responsibility since she Mm -hmm. was really young so it's like as much as it it fits anakin's character more Mm -hmm. like anakin ends up being this kind of uh ability to live out a more a more free side to herself when they have that time to be together so Mm -hmm. i i don't I don't hate it as much, but it's just like I need, and I, I just I've never or 
not frequently felt like there's depth in the relationship and yeah. and i think anakin being immature is very important because you know everyone always talks about how star wars is about teaching young people you know how to how to do how to go into the world and part of learning you know part of that is learning how to you know love someone in a healthy way which anakin clearly does not yeah. um so i think it, anakin it, literally never learns at any yeah. point in his life like he dies on the death star still thinking the exact same way and then in mm-hmm. legends it perfectly fits in character for him to be harassing luke about how leia hasn't forgiven him yet like good on you Teresa bakura yeah that's true it's true so yeah i i guess in that sense it does you're right it's just like i'm tired of cringing every time i read a padme leia scene padme leia scene or padme luke <laughs> padme luke yeah, Pat Anakin. <laughs> Third, Third time's the charm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, editor monkey, make sure you fix that up, please. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. It, it, I mean, Star Wars is a universe where the healthiest relationship ends up being a brother and sister relationship where they made out at one point. So, <laughs> what can you expect? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I th- thought the horns were pretty good. You know, kind of, I get. I don't know. They supported each other well when their children went crazy and started yeah. trying to murder people. Winter and Akbar, we yeah, they're always there for each other. That's not a relationship. That's just hot, steamy sex. I don't think you want hot, steamy sex with Akbar, or else you just got lunch. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, maybe not. Love making sesh and then a lobster roll. What more do you want? <laughs> Is that what he calls it? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Lobster rolls, they get little baby Akbars. <laughs> uh, I hate us. Yeah, me too. But so I, remember, I d- we won't be on the podcaster stage at Star Wars Celebration <laughs> next week. Yeah. Um, I I did find it funny how throughout the novel, it, at the end, you know, a lot of the novel, which I did like, is... Obi-Wan trying to figure out exactly what's going on with Anakin and Padme. And by Revenge of the Sith, he he knows, and it's pretty clear he knows. In this, it seems like he still thinks it's more one-way infatuation. Like, I I think he realizes that Padme, you know, likes Anakin, but he really feels like Anakin's infatuated with her. And I just just wrote in my notes, like, he's going to have the no-simping talk to Anakin at one point. He, he like, realizes it by the end because he really just hasn't had a, a chance to see Padme mm-hmm. interact with Anakin yet, but he has seen Anakin's reaction to Padme so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, the arguably most embarrassing thing anyone's ever done in the start of episode two when he sees Padme again. Like, mm-hmm. that that's the worst thing anyone has ever, has ever yes. said. It's gonna, it's but, gonna be up there. But, like, now he's starting to see that Padme is kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he gets to, like, examine that compared to... Uh, he doesn't quite realize... Yeah, he doesn't realize the depth, kind of, that they yeah. have, though. And maybe he they don't. He does not know they're you know? married. Yeah, he doesn't know they're married. He, he Like, he thinks it's something that he can talk Anakin out of. Yeah. And at the end, he's like, I'll just... I'll give him time to try to figure it out himself. Yeah. Because he's still <laughs> approaching it from the direction of, like, okay... This is how I felt before I grew out of it. He will too. It's like Obi-Wan has trouble thinking outside the confines of the Jedi Order. But Plus there's there... also like... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you, you can... 
I was going to say, and we learned in the Clone Wars that Obi-Wan really never did grow out, grow out of it. Yeah. Because, like, he tells Satine, like, he would have left if yeah. she had said so. And he probably still would have. Yeah. Um, he gets half-chubbed every time Mandalore shows up on the holonet. <laughs> Dex really likes going at him about it, too, but... Yeah. I, I didn't realize Dex was such a talon card in the restaurant industry. Yeah, I thought that was a bit much. Um, I prefer Dex as being just a guy who... You know, like he's Dex, like he's 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 been doing things. Like I don't know if he needs to be an information broker necessarily. Yeah. Do you think Talon Card opens a Denny's after he stops with the Smugglers Alliance? Like, is that what happens? I think Talon Card probably opened a Denny's before then because he's so passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. but uh, but yeah, like Ob- Obi Wan knows by the end of the Clone Wars as well. Just has, that it mm-hmm. is an established relationship. Like yep. we see that in the uh, in season seven, and he never does seem to have that conversation with Anakin, and that's something that the the book does kind of hint at that like maybe this would all go differently if someone would just have a conversation with Anakin as a human rather mm-hmm. than as a Jedi, and we like Mill as a character is uh, a youngling who's introduced in the book who has yeah, more like of her, an emotional yeah. connection to the Force, uh, and kind of tells Anakin at the end. You don't always have to be basically the hero, mm-hmm. uh, which hits Anakin kind of hard. But like, yeah. there's so many, uh, there's so many moments in the book where it's like, okay, if Obi Wan was just willing to talk to Anakin like this, maybe it results in Anakin leaving the Jedi Order. But maybe you avoid a mm-hmm. lot of the problems where Anakin is just so fundamentally incompatible with a lot of what he yeah. ends up being expected of him. Though I, I did not enjoy, I did not like at all how Mace was handled in this. I'd have to go back through and see if it was mostly just through Anakin's perspective where it would make more sense that he thinks Mace hates him. But, like, he, Mace may have well have been walking past all these rooms yelling, like, fuck you, Skywalker, every time. And I think there were scenes where, like, Obi-Wan Mace was Mace left another deuce on my step this morning. Yeah, like, it, it's terrible. As much as I feel like Mace is kind of a symbol for the responsibility of the Jedi Order in like failing Anakin without mm-hmm. taking away the responsibility that Anakin has for doing what he did. Like mm-hmm. it, it was a bit too overt there rather than just thinking like Anakin was acting unsuitably. It's like this almost deep personal hatred that Mace ends yeah. up having for Anakin in this book. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of go back and forth on how I feel about that. Like, I think it is a valid interpretation if you go based on the movies, um, kind of, the little we get of Mace's character, how he's kind of evolved in the Clone Wars and more, a little bit yeah. more difficult. I, I do like the idea, though, um, one th- that Mace really does have a problem with Anakin, and it's clear that certain people in the Jedi do. And I like that because it really, I think, is a nice payoff for that scene where Anakin comes to Mace Windu and tells him about Palpatine. Yeah. Because you see, like, how close he got to getting things right and how, like, yeah. he even proved Mace Windu wrong. And, and then he shows up and, you know, yeah. he chops his fucking arm off. And... <laughs> I don't know. Do you Did you ever play the Episode 3 game? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a pretty good game, but... The... You have a full fight with Mace Windu <laughs> yeah. instead? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the cutscene isn't, I need to stop him from killing Palpatine so he can stay in trial or whatever. It's just, like, he just fucking gives it to me. <laughs> Yeah, it just kicks Mace's ass. It's like, but, you got some time to regret it if you got to fight him for that long. But yeah, like, Mace is obviously a lot of a hard ass and for various reasons, but it, it mm-hmm. never comes across in this as, like, 
oh, Mace is this stern guy who Anakin feels dislikes him. Like, it's very much singled out as Mace has a strong dislike that everyone knows about mm-hmm. for Anakin that just, like, he can't help but express yeah, at every moment. Be... Yeah, unsurprisingly, I think Shatterpoint probably handles Mace a bit better, given yeah. the fact that he's given so much time, um, where he is kind of just, like, it's it's not just an Anakin thing. Like, he probably does have a dislike for Anakin because of, you know, he's skirting the Jedi's rules and... You know, there are issues with that, but this this probably did go a bit too far and of course results in Anakin pulling the classic, Oh, sorry, I can't hear you, transmission's yep. cutting out thing. <laughs> classic move. But that that is what gives us the moment of uh bringing back in the the Dantooine Clone War scene. Yes. So. Yes, agreed. That was okay. so it's worth it. Yeah. Um one thing I also wanted to mention is how is Daddy Qui-Gon I have in notes here. Yeah. Because it's just Qui-Gon, like, everything could have been better if Qui-Gon was around. Like, like Anakin's basically fantasizing about having Qui-Gon as a father figure still. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like so much better than everyone else. <laughs> Which I, I like of... that take on Qui-Gon, actually. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the crux of the Anakin and Obi-Wan relationship, which is what I think the book does really well mm-hmm. of like figuring out why there's that dysfunction for them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they clearly do care about each other, but they're always competing with each other and they're both trying to figure out like, why did it change so much when mm-hmm. Anakin became a, a Jedi Knight and why do they, why are they able to work together better? And what they kind of like get to the edge of saying explicitly, but only sort of say explicitly here was that like they were Qui-Gon almost pushed Obi-Wan into this role where he had to be a father mm-hmm. figure for Anakin that neither of them really was ready for and was mm-hmm. like trying to replace Qui-Gon in that. And instead now like we get to the the title of the book that like they're more like brothers and that's where the relationship is able to yeah. take a better turn and mm-hmm. cuz there is a lot of push and pull like more so that exists in a in a father-son relationship. Um not that there's not a push pull there but you know they're learning from each other a lot and mm-hmm. and, and yeah it's it's it does feel more like a, like brothers and you know that's kind of another issue where Anakin needed a father figure or at least some parental figure and that's how Palpatine kind of worms his way in yeah uh, cuz he sees like the vulnerability there and that's one thing the revenge of the sith novelization does very well and that this does really well as well in the brief scene um where you know i i've compared and this is kind of a gross comparison but i do think it's appropriate i've compared palpatine to a pedophile before because he's written like that where he he finds basically a vulnerable um vulnerable individual without the support structure it it doesn't any sort of predator really um so it's just like if qui-gon were there you know could have could have helped or if, if if uh yeah it could have helped a lot I, I, I was trying to find the interview recently when you got into an argument on Twitter with someone about uh, Anakin's responsibility versus like Mace's responsibility and how the Jedi was mm. responsible. Like, but yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was some interview I remember George giving, and I just can't find it again, where I think George describes the original sin of Star Wars of like removing Anakin from his mother mm-hmm. and how like Anakin needed that parental figure, whether it was going to be Shmi or Qui-Gon and then he's taken from Shmi he's 
I always feel like I'm saying her name wrong. It just feels weird to say. <laughs> but uh, but then Qui-Gon dies. And, like, the only one who's trying to... Uh, or the only two who are really trying to give Anakin some level of what he needs rather than just expecting something from him are Obi-Wan and Palpatine. And Obi-Wan mm-hmm. isn't really equipped to give Anakin what he would need to actually process what yeah. he's doing now in a way that Qui-Gon was probably uniquely positioned within the Jedi to do. Yeah. So then like, there's no getting, getting him away from Palpatine. In that. Yeah, that's, that's totally right. And you know, George Lucas has never really walked back. His Jedi shouldn't have wives stuff. Um, like he, I, I think he felt like that was always proper within the Jedi order. I personally disagree with that. And I think that's fine. Like, I, I don't think that romantic love is any less important than, you know, a love between a parent and a child. But it's like, but yeah, it's it's not natural. And it's, it's, it's natural to want to be around your family and, you know, what they expect from Anakin to just not give a shit his mom dies and that, like, his life is falling apart. And, like, the only reason that he acts as a human, basically, is that he hasn't been brainwashed the whole time. Um yeah, like the the Jedi Order sh- shouldn't have done that, and then I hope if we do get a look at kind of whatever comes next in Star Wars, that they talk about kind of how there were some ideas there, like unhealthy attachment should definitely be avoided, um, but like that doesn't mean splitting families up and stuff. Yeah. So according to uh, Blaine and Chat, that was J.J. Abrams who said that, not uh, not George Lucas, but I still agree with it either way. Yeah, uh, I agree, but. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, that's one of the things that I like about the NJO, where it does kind of examine that. It, it didn't really have much of a choice, but to examine the whole uh, was Jedi or is it right or wrong for Jedi to be able to have families, and where can that go? Where can that be a misstep, or where can that be mm-hmm. handled better? And Vision of the Future does it as well, where mm-hmm. like everyone was just kind of going through the early parts of. Uh, the expanded universe thinking that that wouldn't be a thing and then the prequels mm-hmm. come out so they they kind of stumbled into that plot point but it's something that has been explored in universe and legend that yeah uh, i think was handled pretty well there you're right nobody imagined that jedi wouldn't be just clapping cheeks across the galaxy yeah. before the prequels came out well we knew three jedi it was like anakin <laughs> yeah uh, obi-wan and yoda and we know that like one of them had kids so yeah what do you Exactly. And we know Yoda was probably, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yaddle can just confirm that, right? Yeah. Uh, you guys saw that stained mattress in the back of Yoda's hut. That wasn't... That <laughs> I don't wasn't... know why they put that in Lego Star Wars. It was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like the giant dildo weapon from Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that, I, I, I'm all for that discussion. And, you know... One thing that, like, I pushed back against when I had that conversation is, you know, you can't excuse Anakin ever. No. Because you're still responsible for your choices at the end of the day. But you can't ignore the fact that he was completely failed by every structure in his life. And one thing that I also pushed back against is the idea that Anakin chose to become a Jedi. So he has to accept his going away, the potential of his mom being slaughtered him trying to ignore this love for this woman that he has basically since he's been a child. Like for one, Anakin was a slave on a desert planet. He was freed before, you know, the Jedi come, but let's be honest, he probably 
didn't have a spectacular life ahead of him. His mom was encouraging him to leave because she wanted him to have a better life. He signed up to be a Jedi, believing in episode one. He says this, you can't kill a Jedi. He believes there are these godlike mythical figures that can do no wrong. Of course, a 10-year-old child wants to sign up for that. Um, Yeah, like there are plenty of real systems in the real world where there's this idea of like, okay, you're preying on people who have no better options. Exactly. And like it, it, informed consent. Yeah. Yeah. Like that isn't the sole problem with, with what Anakin does obviously goes on and does much worse Mm -hmm. things. But like the fact that he ended up in that situation, that part up to that part was not his fault. Obviously he like goes on and has terrible things that he does. And it's just like you, you can you can understand the individual responsibility that people have for their own actions while also looking at how systems might have put them in a position to yes. make those choices. And how and that doesn't absolve either of them of their responsibility. Yeah, and it's almost the fact that if you have a system like this for long enough, it's inevitable that you get an Anakin. Yeah. Um, because you're going to continue putting people in this situation. Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's like always you know, hoisted up as the best of the Jedi, he was almost willing to leave the Order because, listen, falling in love with a man or a woman is natural. And that happened to that happened to Obi-Wan. Um, and it's like... Oh, they, Anakin talks a lot in this book, too, about like just the anger he feels because he gets to the Jedi. And, again, you think when he... Like, I made a joke... When Anakin left Tatooine, did he have to sign the uh, incel, like, document, like, on the Naboo Starfighter? Or, like, did they wait until he got back to Coruscant? Because, like, he didn't know what he's signing up for. All these kids, when they leave, like, for one, he was an old kid. Most most of them are three or four when they leave. They have no idea what they're signing up for. So, it's like, people are going to crack. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had absolutely no agency in what got them there. They have agency in the individual decisions they're making, but... Mm-hmm. At the same time, if they've been stripped of any ability to to process anything, then yeah, you've put them, you've you've set them up to fail, basically. Yeah, especially where it is like, you know, you can make arguments about the romantic stuff, but like parent-child relationship, you know, it's nurturing. You're removing like a source of, and like it. I always feel a little bit gross when I read the. There's always they always talk about like how the like the Jedi nurseries and stuff, and like how they have like the 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 wet the, the wet uh, Jedi <laughs> like they're I just like imagine Yoda breastfeeding like young Anakin although Anakin was ten but <laughs> but uh, it is weird that they made him go through the exact same training as everyone else including going through breastfeeding again yeah here's how you wash your butthole Anakin no but it's like I, I that's gross the fact that they've got these Jedi standing in as their parents basically um I don't know if you watched the new the newest uh, Old Republic trailer, but it kind of deals with that a bit too, where like there's a, a brother and a sister and one of them is force sensitive and she's ripped away. And the trailer basically shows her kind of dealing with her anger at the end and Malgus yeah. is playing on that. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. Is that the, the one in like the, the tomb looking thing with the, yeah, uh, Malgus yeah. and the two Jedi? They're, yeah, yeah. they're fighting for the forerunner keystone. Yeah. And then Chief comes in and has sex with all of them. Yeah, I can't believe he had sex with Mal. Did you watch the the finale, by the way? Oh my god, no, so no. funny. Okay, all right, I won't spoil it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that's probably going to be a thing that uh, causes the Jedi some problems in the past and in the future. Mm-hmm. Like this, Anakin isn't even the, even the first Anakin to happen. So 
The yeah, fact not... that the Jedi are just unwilling to examine their own problems there is maybe a maybe a problem in itself. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you could have had little Jedi babies running around as well. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, that's well. They had uh, there was the two siblings in this that were. I think twin Jedi kids. Mm, yeah. So those weren't fully removed from their parents. That's something. Yeah. And I find like, you know, the, the fact that like Ben Solo exists kind of makes me a bit hopeful as well because it's like, yeah, he did turn evil. Let's not mention that, but like, you know, all the other stuff we've read about Luke and I'm hoping we get more of this in the, this, the novel, you know, everyone's happy there's a little kid jedi running around no one's saying hey leia you probably shouldn't have done that like so maybe like maybe ray will reinstitute that rule or something probably not (laughs) yeah you don't want to be the one to do it because it's like really all the other jedi weren't banging for ten thousand years you had to okay i I wonder where that started like i I doubt the uh the legions of leto or whatever where when they were having that war all the Jedi were standing there like, you know, that's a long-standing rule. There was definitely a point in the Jedi Order's history where there was like the one dude who was sitting on the rocks like, listen, I everyone. I can't get a girlfriend. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not allowed. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of people just going off on their own. And uh, no, that's not okay. Yeah, the reason I Never have a girlfriend again. is uh, because the Jedi Code forbids it. Check the... Uh, it burnt down, but trust me. <laughs> why, is that, no. why is that part written in pencil? You just added that now. <laughs> It's like in, uh, I remember whenever I play high school football, there's like the old wives tale that coaches would tell us, seriously. They'd be like, no masturbating before the game, no having sex before the game. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be like, don't want to, you don't want to use your testosterone. And I'm I'm almost positive that's completely false. Maybe that's where it came from. It's like, we got a big battle with the Sith tomorrow. No, no hanky panky. And like only one (laughs) Jedi made it home from that. And he's like, he said, no hanky panky. No more hanky panky ever again. And that's kind of where it came from. (laughs) We've cracked the code. Yep, literally. Right. Yep. Uh, do you want to give uh, give a rating? I think we've covered most of the book as well as a bunch of people's sex lives. Yeah, I'm giving it a B because um, I really like the character stuff. The plot was boring. Kato Nemoide was a cool planet. I liked the uh, the new characters they introduced. I really liked what it. We didn't really mention this as much, but I did. I, I kind of talked about the top. I did feel like there was a lot kind of about you know obviously i'm north american centric but to me it definitely felt like a commentary on like acts of terror and how people are being radicalized it goes out of its way to talk about how like radicalization happens when no one kind of when people let it happen when no one stands up to it definitely felt like i definitely got some felt like it was trying to maybe talk about 9-11 or something or just kind of general wars on terror but yeah thought it was i thought it was was good and bad yeah, I I was thinking like either low A, high B. I think I'm gonna go with B right now. It'll be probably something that I look at again when we do another re-ranking episode, which we'll probably do in the next twenty episodes, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it, it actually has been a fair amount of time, I think, since the last one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think we're go both gonna go with B for now. I I did quite enjoy it. I really like the the. Anakin and Obi-Wan relationship especially, which I think is what it's mostly trying to address. So yep. that's the doubt is a positive for me, even if like, Which is weird because they're they're apart for almost all the novel. Yeah. Um, that was something that was like, oh, we're at page three hundred, are we gonna get them together soon? Yeah. Like even at that point I started understanding more of like, oh, showing them apart is also how it's examining them together. So that I ended up being more on board with that than I started off as. 
shit, there was something else that I was going to say we'd forgotten to talk about, which was kind of important, but oh well. Uh, One thing for... I want to mention is that the I listened, I read half of it and listened to half the audiobook, and it's narrated by uh, Jonathan Davis, who does the uh, who did the Bane uh, trilogy, okay. and he used his Darth Bane book or Darth Bane voice for the chapters, and that's it. So it'd be like he'd say like chapter whatever Obi Wan in his Darth Bane voice, and I was like, I'm so happy I'm reading this instead of those again. Yeah, there you go. Always got to get that Darth Bane hate in. Yep. Getting us canceled on it's Star overrated. Wars most over The most overrated Star Wars books of all time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There uh, so we got a few questions this week. Uh, I don't think we got any that were directly related to Brotherhood. But uh, still, first we have from Matrix... I was wondering what platform you use for your comics. Do you use Audible, Comixology, or another unlisted one? Don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, Google Play actually has a lot of the comic books. so Yeah, that's what I do. I, I use that for, for a lot of them. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm, definitely what I do is I Google um, the name of the comic, free comics, and then I make sure that I, I click um, block the site from my browser. Yeah. Just so like I don't if, accidentally run into those. If you want to read comics online, you you have a few store <laughs> options that, like, uh, I sometimes space out of read comics online, and then I have to reread a few pages because I was so spaced out of read comics online that I just kind of go, like, dot, did I just lie here and, and read these comics online? But... Yeah, I feel like that, too, when I read comics online, dot co. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> veil gone <laughs> just full mask off yeah mask off um i did have a we did also have a couple of uh so next week we'll be do we talk about what are we doing next week again are we going back to njo or are we gonna do uh, news next week or? isn't, isn't obi-wan gonna be out uh, Thursday night? Yeah. Yes. So yes. we're probably going to be doing a Friday episode, mm-hmm. and uh, Obi One and and the celebration, um, maybe Glupshido, but it's that, yeah. it's going to be a pretty busy episode. So I'll prepare a Glupshido probably, and if if there's no time for it, I'll save it. Because yeah, we are doing um, that every other week. We did one last week, so yes. Uh, we did have a few more reviews. We've got up to oh, almost. We had two... we had a few more questions too. Oh, did we? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Jesus. Yeah, fuck, sorry. Uh, Christopher asked, out of all the Sith factions, which one is your favorite and least favorite? My favorite is the Star Wars Tor Sith Empire, as I have a lot of fun playing the Imperial characters who have a lot of great lore and interesting stories as the most realistic Sith with the best prospects for long-term survival. My favorite is the Brotherhood of Darkness, or my least favorite is the Brotherhood of Darkness, who are a bunch of idiotic chumps. So we got the, the Darth Bane back in there. I mean, they're supposed to be that way in the book, too, though, to be fair. Yeah. Um... I like the, I like the Kotor era. Okay, my problem is there's too many different Sith. Um, yeah. And there's too many different Sith factions. I like the Kotor era Sith, but I mean, honestly, Palpatine's probably my favorite one. I like kind of the mysterious Sith we learn about in like Legacy of the Force. Um, but yeah, I just I like the idea of them just kind of being around in the shadows for a long time. So it's hard to choose a favorite. Yeah, I'd put Kotor up there as well. Like they're they're still in like the early stages of a split from the Jedi, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they do kind of get into the whole evil McBad guy level, but like Darth Bane, Brotherhood of Darkness is kind of where you get most of the. Have you done your evil for the morning? Yeah, and I, I just that that's too much for me. The the one Sith I actually, uh, or the true Sith, which whichever one shows back up randomly in Fate of the Jedi, I don't hate as much as I thought I would, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, for me it's like. The Sith need to be a mysterious ancient enemy, and Legends had way too many different... Like, I I think canon should have maybe one or two really big... Like, they should have the Sith leaving the Jedi, um, a big war, maybe them disappearing, maybe reappearing one more time for, like, a big, you know, Knights of the Old Republic era war, where maybe that's even... Well, we know we have, like, the Legions of Revan or whatever that existed. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Like, I I would be fine even if they had, like, a thousand years of war and then disappear, maybe come back one more time. My problem with Legends was there's, like, literally 30 different Sith, you know, origin points. And it's just, like, you're just having a name for a dude who likes to, you know, kill people. Yeah. Literally anyone who's a Force user who's not a Jedi, even though there's also Dark Jedi who aren't Sith. But, like, if there's no more prominent Sith around, whoever's the the darkest Jedi of the day just gets to call himself the new Sith Lord. It's like, Lumaya and Jason don't really fit that much into the into the Sith no. hierarchy, because, like, Palpatine wasn't planning on there being another one after him. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Uh, I think that does it for our questions for the week. Oh, unless you, uh, oh, unless you want to nominate someone for... <laughs> I love the Star Wars question. incel uh, other than Luke. I'm gonna guess Gant just just because he's a huge nerd. But I don't think he's no Gant's fine. Like, he yeah, like there's nothing no, wrong Gant's, to- Gant's totally fine. No, Gant's totally fine. Um, there's no one who's like explicitly hmm. written as being like uh, just terrible towards women all the time. More so than like Han Solo inadvertently, <laughs> yeah. So it's mm. it's more like the uh, accidental and like Luke gets so much more screen time doing that than anyone else does. It's like maybe early days Corn Horn or something, but he's not even an insult. Yeah, yeah. Corn Horn's like not an insult. He's like maybe an arrogant prick, but like yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. There's gotta be like a Sith Lord who like went evil because he swore off women or women or some shit. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Got ghosted on Space Tinder. Yeah, I just I feel like maybe maybe Darth Malak. I don't. I just get the feeling about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, you said there were some reviews you were gonna read. Or... Yeah. So these are a few that I kind of uh, just haven't caught up on yet. Um. So we've got best EU podcast from uh, Deke. I'm gonna say that's a hockey name, in uh, you know, in reference to the, the NHL playoffs. He says, "I'm one of the biggest EU fans out there. It's pretty much the sole reason I'm a Star Wars fan. The podcast is awesome. You should definitely check it out. Thanks for everything you're doing. Thank you, Deke. Thank you, um, Mr. Teddy says, just started listening to this podcast and I enjoy how laid back it is. It's just a very pleasant conversation about nerd stuff with some friends. Really easy to listen to. Thank you, Teddy. That's definitely what we go for. Uh, and then Tilly Rocker, I think I might have read this one." Um, I'm going to read it again anyway. Uh, wait, where'd it go? No one can tell you not to. Yeah. 
Uh, as someone who doesn't read the books, this is just the right amount of summary lore and getting sidelined into a different topic. Corey is fantastic, always fun to listen to, in the effluvious, eccentric, enigmatic, energizing Mr. Just Neckart's letter. Always kills it with the jokes. Keep it up, guys. I think maybe Telly Rocker emailed us, or did I read that before? Uh, well, that, that's probably from when I was thinking of different E-words to introduce you with. All the yeah, time, no, I, I got that was a while ago. Yeah. So, I don't know. Or yeah. maybe maybe that was just that stuck with them long enough that... Yeah, the review's not that old. It's from it's from April 13th, so not that long ago. Okay, yeah, then then you definitely haven't read that one yet. Yep. But thank you all. So guys, um if you want to if you want to get your reviews ready on the podcast, feel free to send them to whatever podcast app you use. iTunes is the best at collating the reviews. So if you've got an uh iPhone or you listen to it on iTunes or whatever. I, I don't know the ecosystem. Leave a review there, but otherwise, they usually find their way to us. And, of course, if you want to send a question or leave a comment or send us money, don't send us money. Uh, Tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. <coughs> YouTube Super Chats. Oh, what? Uh, but I, I did forget about the, the Corin ranking women by their appearance part. That uh, that was that was up there. But, like, that's but, not uh, like an... An incel would do that, but Corin is successful with women, and he's It's like, at the center part of the Venn diagram between just, like... Exactly. Weird behavior and... Yeah. Uh, okay. There's, like, the Stifler... Like, shit behavior. Yeah, Stifler and... I don't know, famous incel. And then the middle is that. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we do still have some questions from before that are about NJO that we'll be bringing up on their appropriate uh, book mm. week. So if you sent one of those in, we will be getting those. If you would like to ask a different question or re-ask a question that we missed from... Days gone by. You can email those to tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. Uh, we should have a bit of time for questions tomorrow, unless there's a ton coming out already. But maybe we'll just be like so engrossed in the Obi-Wan discussion that we don't mm -hmm. get to anything. I and be careful about spoilers. Spoilers for the show are out there. And again, yes. the reviews really help, guys. We spend a lot of time working on this for you. So if you get a kick out of it, um, yeah. And by the way, you guys probably noticed this as well. The release time for a few weeks now has been moved to Monday morning, so... Bye. Bye-bye.